0: Hello and welcome to the sermon for Sunday, the 21st of February, the first Sunday of Lent, 2021. Today we begin a whole series of sermons and offer some opportunities for further reflection too, all wondering about what being church is all about. I've belonged to churches of varying sorts, sizes and shapes ever since I was 11 and I've learned all sorts of things about churches in that time. But I wonder what being church is really like now, today, in 2021, in a world dealing with a pandemic alongside all the other messes and mix ups of life that we all experience. I'm often asked, so what is your church like? And when I don't talk about a building, people seem confused. So what do we mean by that word church? And is it something we belong to, are part of? or just some place that we go to sometimes. Well, we did in the past. Over these next six weeks of Lent, we're going to ask the New Testament some serious questions about church. Not least because we need, as I mentioned last week, to be thinking about the future of church as we hopefully begin to be able to gather once more over the coming months. Perhaps I've already given the game away when I said, I don't talk about a building. Well, I don't, because for me, church means something I belong to and not just a place I go to. Now, don't get me wrong, there are many beautiful churches around the world that are worth a visit, even very simple beautiful ones like our own, which are important places for me to meet with God. But they are places, not people. And I think that the Bible is very clear that the church is actually people. And if it is the people who love God, and surely his relationship with us and ours with him is going to be quite important. When we describe a church building, we talk about what it looks like. So why not do the same with the church, the people? What do they look like? So will you join me in taking a look? What does the Bible say about being church? This first week, I'd like us to think about being people who look up. Have you ever walked along a street and seen something high up that you've stopped to look at and then noticed that as they pass you other people are looking up too Hold that in your mind we'll come back to it later During these weeks we're going to focus on one particular passage in the Bible that is often used about to wonder about being church and what it entails Sometimes it can be really helpful and sometimes really not because it was way back in the 1st century And at many levels, we are very different people now in the 21st century. And it clearly didn't always work for the best, as so many of Paul's letters, for example, are written to churches who've got some kind of problem. The passage comes from Acts 2 and describes the group of believers' lifestyles after they had been filled with the Holy Spirit and how that that specific experience changed the way that they lived their lives. Let's just read it again. praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So alongside this passage, we're going to use some of the metaphors that Jesus and the writers of the New Testament used to help us unpack this idea of church even further. Today's metaphor is about being, as Peter describes it, a royal priesthood. I wonder if you ever wondered about what he really means by this. That's assuming you've heard the phrase before. If not, take a moment now, just what Peter might mean when he describes the people he is writing to as a royal priesthood. I wonder what you think. Perhaps the easiest way to work this out is to think about royal and priesthood as two separate things and then join the thinking together. Royal. My thesaurus suggests ideas like imperial, regal, sovereign, impressive, majestic, splendid, stately, superb. And of course we know that any royal family is one that is sort of set apart for particular tasks or duties. Being born into such a family will mean certain things, some privileges, lots of responsibilities, and in today's culture little or no privacy. Just this week there has been more reporting on Harry and Meghan that feels quite uncomfortable to me. So Peter seems to be suggesting that as royal people we have been set apart for something with some privilege and some responsibility then. And priesthood, what on earth can he mean with this? That only those who are ordained are part of the church? I don't think so. At the beginning of his letter, Peter states that he's writing to God's people that are exiles scattered over this particular area of Asia Minor, Galatia, Bithynia, Pontus and Cappadocia because of their faith in Jesus. So he's not just writing to the church leaders. These people are suffering terrible persecution under Emperor Nero around AD 64-65 and Peter is writing to encourage and comfort them as well as prepare them for further suffering that may lay ahead. So why is he using this priesthood word then? Well, Let's think back to the Old Testament for a moment. Under the first covenant promise that God made with his chosen people of the time, the people of Israel, he set apart Aaron and one clan, the Levites, as priests. And they had responsibilities and a few privileges too. They had direct access to God and at set times they went to the holiest place in the tabernacle, They represented the people to God and they made the offerings, the sacrifices. Their privilege was to receive some of the best meat to eat, as well as olive oil and new wine and other things. You can read about it all in Numbers 18, their duties and their offerings. Priests under the first covenant then were chosen by God to serve God, by offering up the sacrifices for everyone, being a mediator if you like between God and his people. That was all that they did. We could say that they helped people to look up, look up to God. But things changed when Jesus came. Jesus lived among the people. In fact, for 30 years, we re- only really know that about him. We can make all sorts of assumptions about carpentry and family life, etc., etc., but all we actually know is that Jesus lived with his family and friends in Nazareth, a faithful Jew worshipping God day by day and fulfilling all the responsibilities that were his. That is, until he decides to go to John the Baptist at the Jordan River and be baptised. You may know the story. John is horrified. The conversation goes something like this. I can't baptise you. Why not? It's the right thing to do right now. Well, John gives in and the water is used. Of course, this is the moment when the words we thought about last week are first said about Jesus. This is my Son, whom I love. From this moment on, we know much more about Jesus living with his people. Now he is the one trying to help them look up. Jesus takes every opportunity to have conversation, to point people to God and his kingdom. Please notice too that there's no special group to whom he goes. He will talk to anyone which sometimes gets him in trouble of course his longest recorded conversation is with the Samaritan lady by the well and it's such a profound chat such a personal conversation such a transforming conversation all he wants is for her to just look up and see God and when she finally does that it changes her so much that she dashes off leaving her water jar at the well to share what she's discovered that with Jesus around Anyone can look to God themselves. They don't need a priest to do it anymore. They have direct access through Jesus. You can read her story in John 4. Have a careful look at how she suddenly sees that Jesus is telling her she can worship God directly. No one needs to do it for her anymore. And she's not even a Jew either. Wow! So what is Peter telling us then? Well, is it that our privilege is to be able to look up to God and worship him directly now? I think it is. We don't have to rely on regular sacrifices anymore because we are the royal priesthood of people. Verse 10, people who have received mercy. And how? Well, because of Jesus' ultimate once-for-all sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection and ascension. But what about the responsibility part of being royal? Well, the Samaritan woman gives us a clue to that too, as she dashes off to tell of her experience. And the first group of believers do the same as we read in Acts 2. Every day they were praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people, and the Lord added to their number. As they learnt to be those who looked up to God and worshipped him, their privilege, they also learnt to be those who told of their experience, their responsibility. You see, they now had direct access to God through Jesus. He is the high priest. Hebrews 4.14 explains, Since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. The writer to the Hebrews goes on and sums all this up for us very helpfully in chapter 13. Through Jesus, therefore, Let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for such sacrifices God is pleased. So as part of the royal priesthood, we are called to look up. In other words, to worship God. That means to be thanking him for all he's done for us, especially through Jesus, to be putting him first and foremost in our lives, such that we might leave our metaphorical water jars by the well because we are so overflowing with love for God. And then as a consequence of that amazing privilege to worship him, surely the best good we can do for someone is to help them look up to God. And how can we best do that? Well, one way is to ensure that we help the least, the lonely and the lost, and maybe the very best way, to share our story our experience and of things that have happened recently maybe even just yesterday so who are the people that you are helping to look up i wonder if you've ever really thought about being a part of the royal priesthood of believers before perhaps you would like to do some more thinking around this and if so the study notes are available for you to use on your own or with others to think about this further Being church means being part of the royal priesthood of believers. Means that we are those who look up and help others to do the same, no matter who we are or where we are. So what does that really mean for you and for me? Let's pray. Father, thank you for our reflection today on being members of the Royal Priesthood. Help us to reflect further what does this mean for us as Church for the future. We ask you to speak to us, Lord, and help us to listen. In Jesus' name. Amen.